is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. Welcome back, London is Blue fans, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I'm not actually hosting uh, Editor Jake here, but this is a precursor message. This is a live pod from Charlotte. The microphones that they recorded with cut out a little bit, they cut in a little bit. So there's moments where things are a little off, but this is still a really fun pod. It's a great pod. A lot of you guys were there. I think like literally over 100, 200 people were at this podcast live in Charlotte. So thank you. Goodness gracious. And yeah, enjoy this. It's it's something different. It's something pretty fun. We're having a blast getting to do this opportunity in the U.S. So just enjoy this one. If you hear a little a little messiness stick with us it's so worth it it's a great pod and we had a blast so uh let's get into it all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the london is blue podcast this time live from charlotte very very excited anytime we get to do a live show with the fans appreciate chelsea making it all the way over to charlotte to hang out with us got my co-host Dan. No Nick, he's working sadly. <laughs> well, I was going to say that Nick wasn't missed, but clearly the audience disagrees with well, me. And we well, did not you know. see him. I said this earlier. We did not see him get on the plane from Vegas to Charlotte or to Napa, as he said. So he could still be out there. I don't know. Blues are going to have to check for us and see if he actually is still out there. <laughs> well, uh, to help support the crowd, uh, we've got, like I said, Naz and Adam joining us. So, Naz, thank you. This is now your third city on this trip. How are you hanging in? Long trip, guys. Long trip. But yeah. I guess this is the best city of them all, right? Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I need to break up to Vegas, that's the main thing, so, yeah, I'm happy to be in. Yeah, turn it on. You want to check to see if yours is on too, Adam? Good, and then obviously, we've got Adam as well. Um, how, is this your first time in the U.S.? No, no, I've been hit loads. Oh, okay. I've done some road trips in the U.S., so oh, I like it. Route 66, the classic stuff? No, or? no, I've done East Coast and West Coast. Okay. Um, is Charlotte yeah. first time? First time in Charlotte, not the first time in North Carolina. I've been to Wilmington before. Oh. So. All right. We've got, we've got some friends in there, so that'll be good. Um, obviously, look, Charlotte has absolutely turned up for you. Those of you who didn't come to this one, like, your loss. Uh, Charlotte has been amazing. We're excited to see the rest of the night and tomorrow goes. Um, we, again, we've got almost... 200 people here hanging out with us. Uh, this has come a long way from our first live show back in 2016 in Minneapolis, where I live. We had about 20 people, including my parents. It was great. <laughs> Many members of the Busby clan did join that, did join that. <laughs> At least they support me. And uh, now we've got it here. So we're super excited. Again, just the growth of the pod and just the support of the community. It's 100% about connecting Chelsea fans. So I highly encourage you to meet someone new today. You will probably end up with a friend for life, and it's going to be great. So take an opportunity to do that. And one thing I think we want to do is we definitely want to shout out Bob and Tiffany for all the help and support that they gave us. I think it's, it's very important to uh, realize that your chapter heads do a ton of work for all the different Chelsea in America chapters, and obviously they've been a key partner in helping put this all together, so we want to say a huge thanks to them for all the work that they've done to help coordinate this too. So I think they're, they're a big reason why the tours are so successful as they are. So thanks again for the chapter heads uh, in all the cities, but uh, particularly today, Bob and Tiffany. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you. 
Um, all right, well, we're going to kick it off with a little bit of Q&A, a little rapid fire. Dan, uh, he's got some questions. We're going to give away some shirts. We're going to give away a few World Soccer Shop gift cards as well. Um, so if you were called, make sure to find us afterwards. We'll, we'll reward a few people uh, for helping us. So, Dan, uh, let's start with the hard one. Well, this, this one might be the toughest question you two have ever received. <laughs> Tougher worried. than anything you've asked Thomas Tuchel, that's for sure. Uh, Emmett wants to know, how long until Mason Mount is Chelsea captain? Ooh. It, it's only a matter of time, I think, you know. You've got to wait for the guys to step aside who are currently leading him. Aspliqueta, he could be leaving this summer, so, you know, that's one man down. Then the decision is, do you go to Jorginho, who has just one year left on his contract? He's the vice-captain right now. You know, you've got Marcos Alonso, who sometimes acts as vice-captain. He might leave, and Golo Kante might leave. So, yeah, I mean, Mason Mount is the future captain of Chelsea. He's not going to have to wait long. I would say maybe 12 months to two years, and we'll see Mason Mount permanently with the captain's armband. Yeah. For, for those of you at home, that was an extremely popular answer here in Charlotte. <laughs> I was going to say, within two seasons, I reckon, yeah. Once the more experienced guys move on, I think you'll see Mason. And I think Reese will be in that conversation now as well. Yes. Vice Captain Reese. I think that's a good shout. That has a good nice shout. ring to it. All right, very good. Emma, He's a henchman. Emma, make sure to find uh, Ishan after this. Uh, Dan, numero dos. Yeah, so we, we have one here that might be a little retrospective, getting, get, considering that Koulibaly has joined Chelsea. But definitely asked the question, would you rather have had Delict or Koulibaly and why? That is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say I would rather have had Koulibaly. More experience, knows a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, I would say, have you gone off? I think I, so. I'm on, I'm go. on. I'll, I'll carry the can. <laughs> All right, I'm saying that, um, yeah, Koulibaly's probably going to have a bigger impact in the shorter term, but I think the Licks, as a younger player, there would have been something there. I mean, there's differences, you know. De Ligt's cost an extremely large amount of money. So if Chelsea maybe reinvest the money that they're not spending on De Ligt in the rest of the squad, which they're trying to do, then I think that, yeah, they'll get more out of it. But I think De Ligt would have been the better player on paper. I'm sorry. I know it's an unpopular view, but I still love Koulibaly. I'm actually a Napoli fan um, as my Italian team. I pick one. I love Naples. <laughs> I love Maradona. Um, I believe in the story of that club. If you go to Italy, go to this crazy city and Koulibaly made it in this city one of the most intense football environments he will handle the pressure at Chelsea you know we're talking about two great options here and I think they're both great but I might have just edged towards the licks myself sorry <laughs> but you gave good reasoning that's yeah. the thing you gave good reasoning you defended your yeah. argument even if it's wrong we understand but if Adam's <laughs> not on now he might, right. he might okay. um, pick up the cap. Koulibaly 31 years old knows European game inside out a lot of experience has good friends in the dressing room already in, in, in uh, Edu Mendy and Jorginho, so should be able to settle really quickly. And, you know, look, I think as well, if you'd like to think someone like Levi Colwell, who hopefully will be at Chelsea longer term, he's the perfect stop to to come in, maybe do two or three seasons, and then let Levi really take that spot on the left. I'm pretty sure he speaks French, right? He does. Guess who else speaks French? Go on. Oh, I are you saying we're Chelsea are going to have a, maybe an all French-speaking backline and goalkeeper soon? Right, well, look, it's uh, better than the days where we had six different languages in six different positions, yeah. and we need Petr Cech to translate. <laughs> yeah. uh, good stuff. Uh, definitely Koulibaly. Anyways, Dan. 
Do you think Wonder Boy stays? If so, uh, does he start or Raheem? Love, Bob, a.k.a. Notorious 3. <laughs> are we talking, are we talking politics? We're talking... We're yeah, I think he... <laughs> I think he stays, definitely, but I think next summer there's a big question there. I think for 12 months we've got Pulisic at Chelsea. Um, if he doesn't make the most that 12 months, if he doesn't find a role in the team that's more regular, I think he'll push to leave, and I think that maybe Chelsea will step aside and let him go. It's, um, it's a difficult situation, so I think he's got 12 more months of waiting to see what it, see what happens. So that's my view on the on the Pulisic thing. Yeah, my view is I, I still think Pulisic has a bit of an image problem with Thomas Tuchel. I don't think Thomas Tuchel fully trusts him yet. I think he still sees him as this young guy at Dortmund that he originally met, who's great off the bench, but maybe isn't the most reliable star. And then, you know, I think that's really what Pulisic is still battling. And I think this season's a big one for him to try and shake off that image. If he can do that, then maybe there's a role for him in that attack alongside Sterling and Havertz. But it's not easy. You've got so many good players there. Obviously, you know, Mason Mount is such a almost non-negotiable guy for Tuchel. And Sterling coming in, you kind of expect both of those guys to start. And then it's Havertz at the top. So it's not easy for Pulisic. I do think it's yeah. hard. But, you know, he's got two years left. I agree with Naz. Another season do that and then you see where you are because you've got a year and then Pulisic will actually have the power to decide what yeah, comes next yeah. for him. I think, I think Chelsea have signed um, Sterling to be the marquee player, the leader of the attack, so everyone fits in around him and I think Mason Mount, they definitely see him as the future. Then you've got Havertz as well so I think Pulisic, he needs to try and push someone out or, or just make sure he's the fourth guy who can play a lot of games. Well, I think the other thing is this. This was in the press conference that Tuchel had today, too, where he talked about the use of five subs. He talked about the fact that there are going to be yeah. minutes available for attackers. And so even if Pulisic isn't necessarily the starter every match, you have to imagine the number of overall minutes, if he stays healthy, is likely to go up year over year. Yeah, five subs is good for him, but he wants to start, so that's what he wants. Yeah, he's hungry ahead of the World Cup, I can assure you that. Uh, mullet in frosted tips, he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's more boy band ready than it is uh, Premier League attacker ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to pull up a, a couple more here. So what is the honest buzz around Stanford Bridge about Todd Bowley and an American owner? So Rick wanted the perspective yeah, Adam, from the some honest, The honest buzz. Come yeah. on now. Not the dishonest Honestly, buzz. I, there's a lot of people who are just very intrigued to see how this is all going to play out. But there are obviously loads of guys who uh, were loyal to Abramovich because... You know, he brought to Chelsea what many people never thought they would see. We um, want it all. We want it all. Exactly. So there's a, there's a lot of interest to see how Todd Bowley is going to do things. I think people know it's going to be very different and there'll be a different way of operating. You know, maybe a smarter way of operating because Chelsea didn't always cover themselves in glory, um, especially in the transfer market under Roman. There's a lot of big uh, mistakes there. So I think there's excitement. There's a bit of intrigue. There's a bit of trepidation as well because people are hoping that Chelsea do continue to, to win. Um, but I think in most part it's quite, uh, it's an excitement really. I do think people are, are looking forward to the season now. Now there's been a couple of signings, this has always helped of course. But, uh, but yeah, th there's no sort of fear about it because I think people now look at what Todd Bowley and, uh, has done at the Dodgers and, and they look at it now as a positive and, and hope that they can bring that to Chelsea. 
Yeah, I think he was the popular choice, you know, when the takeover was going on. I think people wanted Todd Bowley to take Chelsea. He's gone and done that. He beat it. Great competition. It's not been a sports club like this, you know, a sports club acquisition like this, where there was so much competition. All American consortiums, maybe they would have all been pretty good, but this one was the best option, potentially, on the table. Um, they're saying a lot of the right things at the moment. Um, I think that, you know, the people at Chelsea who work there are very relieved in the owners. I think the players and the squad believe in the owners. They've met them. Um, they went to a party with them in LA and things like that. So the owners were there. I mean, we've met the owners now, uh, pretty much everyone on the board. Um, it's the most open ownership group we've had for a long time because, yeah, Roman Bramovich, you know, I never met Roman Bramovich, but now I've met the guys who work at Clear Lake, I've met Todd, and I've met some of the other guys around the board as well now, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's a unique change in the way that Chelsea runs, so I think a lot of these changes are what people wanted. They wanted it to be a more open club, more transparent, more, you know, friendly club to the media, um, you know, and, and that kind of thing, so I think Chelsea have already become that for a little bit, and I think that these are, are positive early signs, but we need to keep going in this direction. You know, there will be plans with the stadium to develop Stanford a bridge. Um, we were in the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Oh my God, what a stadium you, well that is. And some of the stadiums you have in the United States blow ours out of the water. Stamford Bridge is a little bit tired, needs a lick of paint. I think they're going to do that for the first game of the season against Tottenham. Um, you know, the small changes, but what we really need is big changes, I think, for Chelsea to get them up to a, to a high standard in that department. So, changes are coming. Well, I think, uh, speaking for all Chelsea fans, I think we're wondering if the agenda against Chelsea will go away now that we have an American owner and it's not Roman. <laughs> no, I hear nothing but pessimism. Hey, silence, <laughs> silence from our good friends here. We only tease. It's usually the TV media, let's be honest. You know, it's the TV pundits, but anyways. Um, I, I think one thing that we also might want to talk about is the fact that Todd Bowley has appeared in actual videos that Chelsea is using yeah. on social media. We have heard more in one clip of his voice. We have seen him than we did of Roman over about a 20-year period. Yeah. Like, that, to me, just showcases the shift that we're seeing yeah. at the top, and that's going to trickle all the way to the bottom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've seen him with Raheem Sterling. They brought him to the Dodgers Stadium and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's great to see that. But I think we still want a bit more, maybe. Maybe get him to do some interviews, get to know him a little bit more in a Chelsea capacity. I mean, yeah, he's been really open and... and and, um, you know, he's, he's very busy right now. I mean, this is a guy who's appointed himself chairman and interim sporting director. He's doing the transfers himself. He's talking to the women's team, men's team, and academy teams. This guy's doing stuff for Chelsea. So he's busy, but when the dust settles, it'd be nice to see him sit down in a relaxed environment, present his vision to Chelsea on the record for you guys, really. And, um, yeah, but I think he will, because that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more open with Todd um, throughout the club. There, you know, the Roman era, there wasn't always that clarity at the club between departments and everything. And I think Todd Bowley and, and Clear Lake are going to bring that, and uh, that will benefit Chelsea, I'm sure, because you know you want the place to be a good place to work first and foremost. And I think Todd Bowley will bring that to Chelsea now. I think the one interesting thing is. He's used to the farm system in baseball. Now we have the academy. I think some people have drawn some connections of, oh, he's used to single A, double A, triple A in the baseball system before you get to the pros and kind of growing in. Uh, I actually just did a podcast with at Chelsea U today, Phil, uh, and he was very excited uh, about the changes and the moves that are happening at the academy. And uh, don't worry, I saved a little time for him to rant about uh, minutes for youth at the end. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Brandon, this actually, this question is directly for you. So we, we have to talk. Uh, Jeremy wants you to define a laser bullet. Absolutely. This is, it's quite simple, actually. For those of you who played at a high level, unlike myself, uh, it ripples the back of the net, doesn't slow down. Uh, goalkeeper absolutely rooted to the ground, goes at the speed of light. It just comes out of a gun, out of a cannon known as Mason Mount's right leg. That is a laser bullet. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's like a 7 out of 10, maybe. Could have been a little bit better. Thankfully, no one asked you. No pundits are Brandon. All right. Uh, Alan wants to know, any update you provide on the Jules Koundé situation? Heard about this guy. Yeah, yeah it's fresh, actually. Fresh. So, uh, fresh Break update. It. Break it. Right fresh here. Update. Hang on. Chelsea uh, wants to sign Jules Koundé. Jules <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Yeah, Chelsea um, are in talks with Jules Koundé. He's a major target. Um, it's not done yet, unfortunately. There's a bit of news that it was done. It's not done. Um, but, um, yeah, Chelsea are really pushing ahead. Sevilla want him to go to Chelsea because they don't want him to join a rival in Barcelona. Ah! So who, that's good. Who can't pay? Oh, yeah, who, who knows? can't pay, maybe. Barcelona trying to delay tactics to try yeah. and get the deal done. We'll pay you in 2026. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think Chelsea are going to want to try and do it quickly because Barcelona are trying to activate one of their levers quite soon. Which, which lever, lever so. is this? Is it like the fifth lever? The sixth? I think this is the one where they sell off half of their merchandise rights or something. Uh, it's it's smart, real smart. Yeah. yeah. So I think Chelsea will want to try and do it quickly before then because then, you know, Barcelona will magic some money again and be able to spend, so... What do you think that Jules Koundé does tactically or formation-wise or depth chart for Chelsea? Uh, well, firstly, I think it might, may allow Aspi to move on uh, because you'd think that Jules Koundé would come in on that right centre-back position. And Aspi is a guy who I think has, has feels like he re has reached the end of the cycle at Chelsea. He's been here 10 years. He's won everything there is to win. You know, as a lovely a guy as he is, you know, for his own sake, he's got a nice offer on the table from Barcelona. So I think that may be the first domino. Um, but look, I think Chelsea go into next season with Kunde, Silva, Koulibaly is maybe the first choice three. And then you've got Trevor Chalaba, Levi Cole, maybe someone else behind that. Uh, Ethan Ampadu, Ethan Ampadu, yeah. who we got to speak to in, in Las Vegas and his, his intent on fighting. I mean, to me, that's quite a nice six. You've got quality in that first three and you've got a lot of potential in that next three and you know experience as well these guys have all played so to me that would be good but I think Tuchel may want to still yeah because Kunde is only 23 so yeah. talk about an experienced international young player that is really fitting the mold that we've seen out of Tuchel yeah yeah I think it's um, yes yeah, it would be a great sign in Chelsea wanted him for a while um, they've looked at other centre-backs, obviously, Nathan Ake, um, De Ligt, we know about, we spoke about that, so Chelsea have been keen to sign a lot of central defenders here. Um, they want Kim Pembe now as well, so we can't forget him. Um, if yeah. we could just quiet down just a touch in the back. Yeah. Naz wants to drop updates. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... That's pretty much the, um, the situation, but I think that, you know, it might be a little bit bad for Chalaba, who wants to break through, and, and if he's got a guy similar age to him, who's a right-sided centre-back, it could be a tricky. I'll tell you what, though, Trevo grinds. He works hard. Yeah. I would put yeah. money that Trevo's not going to give up, and he's going to fight no, for those minutes. No, they, they love Trev. That's good to see. Hard not to. <laughs> he's a great guy. He is. He's a great guy. Like, he's a really humble guy works incredibly hard will never take anything for granted you know look I th he's keeping that uh, that number that number 14 shirt as well um so yeah i, I just think 
Trev is a guy you, you would never count against. Like he's, he's what you want in a squad especially. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. And damn, can he dance. <laughs> Conte learned personally. <laughs> All right, so we, we got another uh, panel question here, uh, also directed at me in parentheses. Uh, everyone, Dan, when I get Why Not Us tattooed on my body, where should I get it? No name. The person did not sign the name. Clever. Uh, where where should they get one of us tattooed on their he's, body? He's asking Ooh. you, Dan. I, I want to hear the I want to hear the others first. Well, Nick's got a prominent beard, so I feel like he'd look good on a logo. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, you got like the 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 shoulders very obvious. You know, big maybe back tat across the, the back, shoulders. That, that's just cruel. Yeah, that is yeah. cruel. You should get them all like Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that visible, though, man. You don't want that visible. I, I, I think upper arm is always a good one, because you can hide it if you need to. Yeah. Can we talk about Reese James' huge chest tattoo that's kind of been unveiled with his shirt off in Vegas? Full chest. Yeah, this is oh, like breaking news, apparently, yeah. to the three of us here. Not I'm not seeing it. Show yeah. me the photos. Yeah. It's uh, Chili B, Mason, uh, all these young guys starting to uh, dip their toes in the tattoo waters. I, don't think, I think what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Unless <laughs> <laughs> it's a tattoo, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. certainly why I treated it. <laughs> all right, let's keep it, let's keep it rolling while I look for this tattoo. I got the tattoo. All right, we, <laughs> let's get the verdicts. They've but, seen the tattoo. Oh, wow. It's pretty good. They're like eagles. It's, it yeah. reminds me of how he flies down the wing. He's you got know? the wings oh. across the chest. And his, and his future's at wing back, so maybe it's something to do with that. <laughs> I like how you were able to read into the layers yeah. of the tattoo there. It's very nice. I've, I've, got, I've got one. <laughs> uh, so, question on how is it traveling to the uh, UK Chelsea matches versus USA pregame? So that's Dexter asking the question there. <laughs> well, based on where we've been so far, it's a lot warmer. Um, but it's it's great. I, I, even this week? Yeah, even this week. Oh, Vegas was hotter than the UK. Just, just. Uh, no, traveling to games in the UK, um, it's a lot easier. There's not as much distance to cover. Uh, but I, we've, we've done, what, two games? Or one game now, the second one tomorrow. I love the American stadiums. They're so impressive. Like, as now said, the Vegas stadium just blew my mind, really. Like, heard, the, heard the food was good. The food was good. Tacos. We got, we got very yeah. But, you know, the Chelsea buffet is, is still up there, I think, for me. I don't know. Naz may feel differently, but there's something reassuring about the Chelsea buffet now after a season. Yeah, one of, the, one of the benefits and perks of covering Chelsea as a reporter is you get a great buffet. Uh, all you can eat, pretty much. Yeah, they look so, after the press, man. They know that they're trying to butter us up, I think. It's not too bad, but, um, yeah, I mean, covering uh, football here, um, I've done some MLS games as well, and I've also um, travelled on the last tour. I think the Viking Stadium is better than the Legion Stadium, by the way. That's my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, I like the tailgating. It's quite a cool cultural thing, you know, especially when the weather's good and all that, being outside, you know, pre gaming as you guys call it pre-drinking as we call it um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you guys will be doing that tomorrow um, so yeah there's a bit of like there's a few cultural differences but um, yeah I mean at the end of the day football is pretty universal and we, we go around Europe as well so seeing the Italian culture and Spanish culture of football if you can get to a Champions League away game definitely do it um, but yeah I mean I think the atmosphere in the US is more open and friendly it could be a bit intense in the UK you know like if you go to Leeds away my yeah. god great away day. that's where you went there you, you guys went there. Away day. yeah it's a great away day but uh, keep your head down yeah. in between the stadium and the train station yeah I think what we do better is we have trains so you guys might want to look into that but 
yeah, I enjoy what you oh, put yeah, by Okay, it. you gave a lot of praise to Chelsea and their buffet and their food. So can you also maybe, on the counterbalance, give us a couple of stadiums where the food is? I'll tell you what. Ah. Off the top of my head, last season, I've obviously only covered Chelsea for 18 months. Liverpool was awful. Surprisingly. They, surprisingly bad. Gave us. You will always eat alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good one. They gave us a bag which had a bad sandwich, basically. That was what you I got. You had a bag mm. lunch at Liverpool? Yeah. 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 That's Burnley, Burnley I'm, glad, I'm glad they've got relegated for that reason. So, Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a stew yeah. pie. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Bacon sandwich one year. Just a bacon sandwich. And you've got to be in these stadiums, you got to remember, for six hours, waiting for the manager, get there early. Team news, blah blah blah. So it's a long old slip. If you just don't, if you're fueled on a bacon sandwich alone, like you're dying there. Yeah, you're gonna struggle. Uh, so um, uh, yeah. I, 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 I've been doing this for 11 years, and I started like right at the bottom, and where you got nothing. So I never complain. If I get some free food, I'm happy, man. I'm not complaining. <laughs> Are you guys good with the uh, press box being in the up with the gods up in the skies versus being right behind the dugouts? No. No. What? Keep us where we are, man. We love to hear what Tuckle's shouting at yeah. everyone. It's yeah. great when you hear him swearing. It's amazing. When I saw, um, the, you remember the Battle of Stamford Bridge, Tottenham versus Chelsea? When you saw the big fight on the touchline, you want to be right there near the fight like, and then feel the atmosphere of that. It's just intense. Somebody pushed Carlo Ancelotti over, which was a, a, an act, a, a extreme act in football. So that kind of stuff, it's good to be there because actually as a reporter, you know, you guys are not in the stadium. So I try to deliver a bit of that kind of colour when you, you see somebody do something wrong or you're right there. Um, so the closer you are, the better, definitely, yeah. All right, so uh, Emily asked the question of, are we in talks for FDJ, Frankie de Jong? Ooh, the Barcelona bailout. <laughs> uh, Todd Bowley bailing out Barcelona, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Chelsea want to chase FDJ. They're not, um, Chelsea don't want a, a central midfielder this summer at the moment. So um, I'm pretty sure it's not true. I'm pretty sure it's Barcelona leaking stuff out to put pressure on Man United. Um, and it's a really complicated deal because Barcelona owe him, FDJ, a lot of money. Uh, well, I've been told previously that Chelsea have looked at him, but I agree with Naz. I think this is a tactic by Barcelona to try and speed up Manchester United because, and try and put pressure on Frankie Dion because this is, I think he's owed about 17 million euro and he's watched, he's watched Barcelona sign loads of players this summer and he's not got paid up. So if you're him, I think... At this point, you, you kind of want to wait for your money. But, yeah, I think it's probably more what Naz is saying in here. And it's, uh, it's a way of trying to just increase pressure on Manchester United to get it done. So, typically, when you guys talk about a transfer deal, there's the in advance negotiations, a deal is close. There's different verbs or adjectives that get used. Here so, we go. <laughs> 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 when... When those phrases get used, can you tell, walk us through like what is the lowest level phrase you would use? It's like mm. interested or considering, all the way up to like this word. When I use it, means it's actually really close. Scouted's probably the lowest mm. or interested, and then uh, yeah, you go up to advanced talks, which basically means it's done, maybe. But um, you're a bit scared something could be fucked up at the end. Yeah, I think I you know watch it. Chelsea watch loads of players. A lot of it you don't even hear about. 
Um, so that's probably the lowest level. If you find out that Chelsea have maybe watched a guy, yeah, doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme. Um, no. But yeah, advanced talks, I mean, that's when you, you're in the final stages of a deal. You're putting, uh, hopefully, the right figure on the table. But even then, even then, things can... can I mean, look at Kunde now. Like, Chelsea were really close about three months ago uh, to getting this done. And then Marina's gone in the last few weeks. And suddenly it was put on the back burner. But then, you know, Chelsea are now moving that back to the front. So it's, it just shows how quickly things can really change. And what we report can change very quickly. We can be right at the time of reporting. And then, like, a few days later, it, it changes. So, yeah, it's, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky gig, that. Whoop, whoop. Get it, <laughs> Jake? <laughs> That's what people call the police. Anyways, uh, ad break. Yeah, obviously, they weren't really concerned with an ad break in real life. There's a lot going on. Uh, believe it or not, when you're hosting one of these. So it's my job to throw the ads and say thank you to our sponsors and say, we'll be right back. All right, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable, resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it. It, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you get to advance... Thank you. If you get to advanced negotiations, it's essentially when you guys get to that point, have you heard from both sides or do you or can you say that if you have one really good source on one side? Like do yeah. you guys feel need to feel like you hear from both sides to, to like have a nine out of ten confidence? Ideally, I, but there's three sides in the transfer. There's also the player side, so you got the two clubs, um, and then the player. So yeah, I mean if I get two out of three, I'm pretty happy yeah. with that. I think, again, you can take it probably case by case. If there's someone who you really, really trust in this, then you can probably go with it. But, uh, yeah, ideally you always want a double confirmation with anything just because it hopefully rules out uh, the possibility of you getting one side of a story. Um, but, yeah, that, that's why I would say double confirmation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I always aim for. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. We're going to hold you to that now as I'm going <laughs> to start, start fact-checking. <laughs> Uh, so here's one for Paul asking, is there any worry about Bowley uh, being invested in two top expensive teams, being obviously with the Dodgers and Chelsea, and also being invested in the Lakers and other organizations as well? 
All he's focusing on Chelsea right now. Just solely on Chelsea. He's got other guys to focus on his US sports teams. Ten-year deal. It's, it's, it's built a ten-year deal. Yeah, there's a minimum investment as well of, um, I think it's 1.25 billion over ten years. So, um, yeah, I think the way Roman Abramovich sold the club was unique. That it ensured that Chelsea would have good investment for a long time. Plus, the owners are almost fully focused on Chelsea. Like, you look... I, I met Todd uh, recently, and he didn't look like he had a lot of sleep, I must say. Um, this is a guy who feels the pressure of your demands, and he wants to deliver straight away. He wants to compete, he wants to win. I mean, you look at the Dodgers, he's got a, yeah, he's got a similar mentality towards that. The Dodgers have like metrics where they measure how successful they want to be. They know they can't win um, you know, the playoffs every year or whatever it is. Um, so they kind of like say, if we can win it X amount out of this amount, then we should do it. And they also you know, cross-reference it against investment and things like that. So that's how Chelsea will probably be running the long term. And, and yeah, Todd, um, I, I wouldn't be too worried about that, at least not in the, the first few years of this um, investment anyway. No, I agree. And I think what we'll see is how he'll get people in eventually who he trusts and then he'll let them run the club the yeah. way that he believes is the way it should be run. Trust guys. And again, that's not always something that happened with Roman. Roman had a very close core group of people, but also liked to be very hands-on. I think Todd will be quite hands-on to begin with in this opening few, maybe couple of years, but then eventually he'll maybe take a step back, get the people in that he trusts and believes in, and, uh, and you'll see Chelsea sort of run more organically at that point. Yeah, they're going to hire a sporting director and, um, before January, before the January transfer window, so he might take a bit of a step back after that point, but uh, the owners, but it doesn't mean the investment's going to take a step back in any means. So, you know, obviously we've also seen this week Glick get appointed as the president of business. It's a very unique title for a Premier League club. But what's your sense on what he's going to bring to Chelsea? And have you gotten any early indication on what his remit is going to truly be? Obviously, the title yeah. is a little uh, vague. Do you want to talk about the remit? And I'll, I'll talk about him, maybe. I think he's got quite a broad remit. Um, obviously, he's coming in at a time... Uh, where there have been some off-field issues with Chelsea. So I think there will be a, a look at the culture at the club, firstly. Um, and then there'll be a, an effort, because I think that's one area that Todd Bowley and, and Clear Lake really view Chelsea as being able to take several steps up is, is commercially. I think not just in the UK, but globally, there's a lot of room for expansion and a lot of room for Chelsea to grow as a brand. And I think that's going to be his first and job foremost, because... That's the quickest way you can build up revenue. And, and Chelsea want to build up revenue so they can spend more. So I think that will be his first and foremost. You know, he'll look at the deals with three, for instance, which has got a year left, um, as that's quite a big deal. I think there will either be commercial opportunities. So, yeah, I think he, he's got quite a broad job to do um, across the, the commercial side of things. But, uh, but I'm sure, you know, he's got great pedigree. Yeah, Glick runs everything outside of uh, football, so that's what he'll be doing. So... Yeah, effectively, he's doing a job that he did at Manchester City before. And Manchester City have really big revenues, bigger than Chelsea's. Are they a bigger club than Chelsea? Not in my opinion. So Chelsea need to get up no, no, no. to that level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got you to love hearing that. <laughs> Thank you for that Man United perspective. Love that, Nas. Yeah, yeah. City or small team. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think that that's, that's, he's, he's really good. He's a really good operator. He's a really nice guy, apparently. I know some people who've done business with him in the past. He's worked for Derby County and Manchester City. Small club and big club. He'll bring a lot to the table. He's an American as well. He's also somebody who knows Todd Bowley very well. So I think that, you know, he, 
people like him. He's fair. He's open. Um, you know, you can pick up a call to him any day. Um, and yeah, it's a relatable job to the Man City job, which he did very well. Um, whatever you say about Man City, they've been run very well as a club. So um, yeah, the the. The, the signs are good that he's a great hire. I think every single person I've spoken to that's done business with him likes him and thinks it's a good hire. So that's, that's quite rare in football. So you also mentioned that, that Todd Bowley is going to keep on doing the sporting director job for the foreseeable future. Hopefully he does not burn himself out with all the travel and the negotiation and the deals and everything else that comes within that. But when you look at some of the early names, the consideration, who are those individuals that you think Chelsea might consider and Chelsea should go after, which may or may not be the same thing. Interesting. I think somebody who um, who Chelsea would like is Michael Edwards, who was previously at Liverpool uh, yeah. and really did have a big overhaul of their recruitment strategy. And I think no matter what you think about Liverpool, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who think a lot of things here, uh, their recruitment in recent years has been pretty much spot on at time after time. So I think Chelsea have looked at that. And obviously Michael Edwards is a guy who is very data-driven has really brought Liverpool's uh, analytics teams forward. It's, it's impossible not to look at that um, and think, right, yeah, if we can get that guy, great. The problem is, I think Michael Edwards has put a lot into his job at Liverpool. He's left now. I think he wants to have a year away with his family, um, understandably. So I'm not sure Chelsea will be able to, to do that. Uh, but I think he's somebody that they look at as, as having a real gift for, for potentially their own recruitment team. Whether or not they'll be able to get him, I'm not sure at this point. Um, and there is... I can't remember the other guy at Monaco who's you might remember. Oh, um, Paul Mitchell, thank you. Yeah, He's another guy who I think Chelsea have, have looked at because he has, again, a, good, a strong background in data analytics. At Monaco, you're signing players primarily to try and develop them. He's also worked at Leipzig, so I think he might be another one that Chelsea are considering. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to transition a little bit. So, again, we're in Charlotte. we got a match against Charlotte FC. Are, Charlotte? There, any, are there any Charlotte FC fans here? <laughs> It's a uh, inaugural season in MLS. They're a new team. Um, they're expansion team, something you guys don't know anything about. Uh, but in the MLS here, you're going to be playing in an NFL Forest. stadium. Like Nottingham Forest. No? Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. I think what's, it'll be interesting, I don't know who listened to the, the presser this morning. Someone asked from the American side to Tuchel what they thought the coach for Charlotte FC should do if... Tuchel was in that position because they have a league match this weekend. Yeah. Going into this, it's an exhibition. Charlotte FC is probably thrilled to be playing Chelsea. We're I think. <laughs> Good. We're hey. there in the playoffs, which is important. It's a lot better than my Minnesota United. Anyways, um, but anyways, going into this, what do you guys expect? Another split 11? Do you think we're going to see some different combinations? We talked about in our last pod, we are like, we need to start seeing some serious formation from Tuchel yeah. in what the squad's going to look like. The season's going to be here way too soon at this point. So maybe, Adam, what are you thinking going into this game, how Tuchel's going to approach it, knowing that he whittled down his squad to 24? Uh, I think he'll go into it similar to, to the Vegas game. I think we'll see two 11s again. Um, Maybe you see a couple of players get maybe 60 if they're up to it. Obviously, Raheem Sterling will, will play tomorrow. Um, Kali Dukulabali sounds maybe not, but I think we'll see two 11s. I think we'll probably see the same system as we've seen. Tuchel obviously has thought about a back four, um, but the fact that he is, he, he trusts his system a lot. You know, look, it's the 
this assistant that won Chelsea the Champions League, let's not forget. So, um, in the Club World Cup. Uh, yeah. It's quite exciting that people in this room will see Raheem Sterling's first game. Yeah. yeah. Raz. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, they get to see Conor Gallagher, who, uh, who I thought did very well the other day. So... Yeah, I think he'll, I, I'm quite intrigued by this game because, as you said, you know, Charlotte are in the middle of the MLS season. They're going to be fitter than Chelsea. Yeah, they should be more ready than Chelsea. And there is always going to be this fear that they can, they can get a result. And, you know, to us guys, we have that perspective. But you know what, what, what football fans would be like on social media if Chelsea were to be beaten by Charlotte. So uh, there is a little bit of pressure on this, I think, for Chelsea. And, you know, they, they got the job done against Club America. Hopefully they can get the job done tomorrow and then yeah. you guys see a Chelsea win. I, I like this crowd is educating me on Charlotte. Like, that's really good. They've got a Polish international, I've got that. In the playoffs, I've not done my research yet, so um, <laughs> I'm just going to listen to your shout-outs. Um, yeah, I think, I think Adam's right. Two, four, two, two teams, uh, one for the first half, one for the second half. Ryan Sterling in, probably Batshuayi out, if we're honest. Um, so I think that's going to happen. Hopefully... Yeah, see a bit of what Sterling might do at Chelsea. You know, what positions he's going to play? Is he going to play down the middle or is he going to play off the um, off the left? Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, and yeah, I think there's still a lot of chances for these um, lone players from the last few seasons. Ethan Ampadu, we spoke to him, really good. You should read the interview. Speaks really well, really direct. Wants to make it Chelsea. Interested to see him. I hope Levi Colwell's back fit. He had a tight thigh. Um, I'm hoping he's playing tomorrow, gets his first chance in a Chelsea senior shirt, I think. Mm. Um, so that might be another one to look out for. So um, I'm hoping to see which Lonies can stake the claim. I think maybe one of them will sneak through alongside Conor Gallagher, who's already confirmed. So, um, yeah, those are the things I'm looking towards tomorrow. So you think it's one more out of those, kind of that grouping, that you know, the Ethan, the Levi, in terms that could make it into the season plans? Well, look, if Chelsea don't get their targets, it, it's a huge chance for these guys, and we know the Cobham graduates always step up, so, um, yeah, I mean, there'll be disappointment from probably most people in this room if Tuckel doesn't get all his targets, if Chelsea don't spend all their money, but it's actually a heartwarming story, because it means that one of these guys that's been around it all the time, they'll get a shot, and I think that's the beauty of football. Guys, you didn't really see before sometimes step up Trevor Shellabar last season no one was talking about him at this stage all of a sudden he's like a fully fledged Chelsea player Victor Moses uh, he found a role under Antonio Conte and um, yeah he, he won the Premier League title as a starting right wing back so um, is there going to be a story like that at Chelsea I'm quite excited to find out that as well I thought it was interesting, you know, I asked Tuchel earlier about Ethan, uh, sorry, about Levi Colwell, and he basically said, I haven't seen him, um, which is probably something of a sign that Chelsea needs to find a replacement for Joe Edwards, because Joe Edwards was a great link between academy and first team, and they don't have that guy right now, so they could probably do with that, but it will hopefully mean that Levi Colwell does get some game time tomorrow and on uh, against Arsenal because Tuchel needs to make a judgment on him I think you know if you if you watch Levi in the academy or you watch him out on loan there's such a good defender there and yes Chelsea have to sign quality defenders we know that but you look at someone like Levi and you can see a, a future in England international everybody you speak to about Cole says this guy will play for England so if you you hope that Tuchel can have a look at him see that potential and decide actually this is a guy worth keeping around and not letting him go off to yeah, I, one of I, the many, many clubs that are interested in him. I cover the England under-21 sometimes, um, and uh, Levi Colwell is the youngest centre-back in the under-21, so it just shows you his pedigree. In English football, there's no 
there was no 18-year-old last season who's doing what he was doing. So that's what Chelsea have. Can they wait for him? Can they make him go on loan? We'll see. It's, um, he wants to play Premier League football next season and uh, he's got offers. You know, I think maybe the kind of final thought on that line of questioning, Adam, you made a point about the, the lack of a manager or assistant coach on the first team staff who has that connection between Cobham and the first team. Has Tuchel, or do you think Tuchel's considering promoting any one of those individuals in the academy to maybe being a part of that first team bench? Uh, I don't think so right now because there's been quite a big uh, shake-up with the academy this summer, uh, where like Andy Myers has now gone into the loan group. Um, there's, you know, they brought in somebody actually to take on the dev squad, which is uh, not something they've always done. So I think that probably would have happened by now if it was something that, that Chelsea and Tuchel were really, really considering. But for me, I think it's such an important role because we know the, the quality that comes out of Cobham. And we also know that Top Bowling, Clear Lake, view the academy as such an important tool for Chelsea going forward. Yes, from uh, a revenue generating, um, th there will be that. Of course, there will be. But also, you know, we've, we've seen the guys, and Naz just said it, the, the Cobham graduates... I can't think of one in recent memory who's been dropped into that first team and has looked completely out of place. You know, Mason and Reese, obviously, Tammy and Tamori before that. Gilmore, I think. Lewis is someone, Hall and Lewis one Hall, debut. yeah, I think Gilmore as well, someone who, who, who isn't now with the first team squad, but someone who, whenever he played, looked comfortable in the Chelsea team. You know, there, there's so many of these guys that look completely comfortable, and, and I think it would be reckless of Chelsea's new ownership to not look at that and go, actually, we can save ourselves a lot of money here by, by investing and having a bit more of a vision for these guys rather than just sending them out on loan, them doing really, really well, and then ch coming back to Chelsea and Chelsea going, ah, um, yeah, we don't know what to do with you, sorry. So, yeah, I think having that bridge between academy and first team is so important, and I really do hope it's something that they look at again. No, that's great. Obviously, um, we're going to continue to follow the academy, see what happens. Phil gave us some updates on the new staff and stuff, so that pod will be out tomorrow. Um, but I think we're at a good, we're at a good spot. Uh, we're excited for the match tomorrow. Uh, you guys are going to be in another NFL stadium, so you get to add that to your list of comparison and see how it goes. Uh, but one more shout-out to, again, Chelsea in America, Tiffany, Bob, and the team here locally, the Charlotte fans, but also all the North Carolina no, RDU Blues are here. I am so excited about how many people are turning out for these matches. It just goes to show, and... I think Naz and Adam, you guys have done a good job at, of uh, just showing the rest of the world how excited Americans are about soccer and football and Chelsea, uh, because we really are passionate here, and it's yeah, not yeah. every time yeah. that we get Chelsea stateside. <laughs> you and we, guys don't need to change. <laughs> exactly. So uh, kudos for shining a positive spotlight on the fans and the culture that we have here because I think that's really important uh, to share. So again, thank you everyone for coming out for the live pod. Thank you so much. Thank you to Adam and Naz for hanging out with us. Thank you. Thank you. Bummer that Matt Law is sick, but that's his loss. So anyways, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag.